What's up everybody, my name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Rage to bring y'all something new, something we like to call the Yards of Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Rage? Hey man, ready to talk about this victory. It's ugly, but we'll take it, baby. <laughs> Yeah, hey, a win is a win. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, uh, so what do you? Uh, uh, there's a lot of storylines within this crappy game that ended up being a 13-10 victory for the Saints on Monday night. Um, where do you want to start? Where, where do you want to start on that front? I'm gonna start with the question of the of the week, right? And I really want you to think about this, right? Defense. Does Dennis Allen get enough credit for what he has done over the, the years? Like what I would four think? years. No. Yeah. No. This defense is phenomenal, man. Like every week, you know, we get appointed and we, we say, wow, like this is a good offense. Maybe it's not a good complete team, but you like the defense got some things to worry about. And I really think, you know, we have a true leader at every level of this defense, and that's what makes it so good. Cam Jordan with the front four, Demario Davis with the linebackers, and, of course, Malcolm Jenkins in the secondary. Like, these are three bona fide leaders, you know, of, of any unit. They have probably led a whole defense. Cam Jordan has. Yeah. Malcolm Jenkins has, you know. Um, so to bring Demario Davis to this mix is just is just um, it's, it's a great thing to have in the Saints locker room. But this defense has been stellar this season. It, I mean, I can't ignore how good they have been. And this is with injuries and everything. But I think the defense uh, set the tone for this for this game early. Although Marshawn gave up a touchdown, it's DK. Things are going to happen. Uh, but they were they were great all night long, and I think that they stole the show. I want to start. Well, first I want to. I completely agree with you. Dennis Allen doesn't get anywhere near uh, the credit he deserves. He quietly ends up in um, head coaching talks. Towards the end of seasons, uh, his name gets thrown around a little bit. Hopefully, he sticks around with us for for a little longer. But, yeah, he's definitely a coach who doesn't get the recognition he deserves uh, taking place of that Rob Ryan defense that everybody <laughs> – that had, what, one decent year? But outside of that, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw him on the sideline the other day. Uh, I think he's – I want, I, he's got to be a position coach, I think, in Baltimore. Because I looked up and I saw the hair, and I said, you can't mistake that hair. That's that's Rob Ryan. But, uh, yeah, I want to start with Jameis Winston. I'm, oh. I'm, <laughs> as, much, as much shit that we gave Jameis Winston when he was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and rightfully so for all the boneheaded mistakes he was made, you can never deny his talent. Mm -hmm. And now it kind of seems like it kind of seems like there's a portion of Saints fans who just because they hated them then they gotta keep hating them now, mm -hmm. and they try to blame everything that's going on on the offensive side of the ball on Jameis Winston. Mm -hmm. That gotta stop. Mm -hmm. it, it, it gotta stop. We're looking at a quarterback who I want to say is what 15 touchdowns, three interceptions on the season. Yes, he's made a couple of bone or more than a couple, but he's made his share of bonehead mistakes. They haven't killed this yet, and they haven't been as many as we've seen in years past. Mm -hmm. 
there were four instances that I could think of right off the top of my head from Monday night where it was all receiver. James Winston putting the ball exactly where it needs to be. And the receivers either dropping it or the first instant is when uh, Traquan Smith just stopped running on the route. Yeah, he gave up on the route. Uh, and then the other, then right after that, he dropped the pass on that third down. And then you had uh, the two sideline passes where uh, Kenny Steele mm-hmm. dropped one. And uh, who dropped the other one? Was it Traquan again? Maybe so. I think so. Yeah, and it was back to back pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So and so even with that, what nineteen of thirty five, two hundred and twenty two yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He got sacked twice. Mm-hmm. Like you, what you like? What, what more do you want from him with what he's been surrounded with? Because yep. we looked at this, we looked at this team going into the season, saying, "Man, receiver, it's gonna be tough out there receiver yep. until we get." Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith back, but that doesn't even matter at this point. Yeah, if Michael Thomas is going to look like Michael Thomas, that's cool, but then we're still back to where we've been in previous years with who is our number two receiver. We still don't have that. This team has to add another wide receiver. We got lucky Monday that for whatever reason, Seattle just decided not to adjust to Alvin Kamara (laughs) until two minutes left in the game. So, like, yeah, so I... That's my thing. Like, the James Winston hate got to stop from Saints fans. Like, it don't make sense anymore. So, I, I, I keep it real and I say this. So, I welcome all sports talk, right? Whether it's at work. That's about the only way you're going to get me to talk at work is if you're talking sports. So, but yeah. I, you know, on the military side of things, everything, a lot of things, a lot of times when I talk to people, is a couple of reasons that keep them from, you know, discrediting James Winston's. A lot of people just don't want to see a black quarterback in New Orleans. I'm going to keep it all yeah. the way real with you. know that that's, that's for the most part. But two, it's like you said, the mistakes he made in Tampa Bay. Um, we have seen Jameis Winston play some of the smartest football we've ever seen him play in the course of his NFL career. I can tell you at least, and I'm not talking about drop passes, four or five plays, period, that game where he had a guy open, he looked, he didn't, he didn't throw it to his first or second read, he ran. We saw in the red zone, everything was covered. He threw the ball into the stands, just getting rid. Yeah. Uh, a screen got blew up. He threw it at the running back feet. That is all plays that kept that game alive. It didn't give the other team more, more momentum, uh, and it, it kept us to keep those drives alive. And I think out of one of the drives, we wound up getting a field goal out of it. Uh, but that's all Jameis Winston improving week to week to week. He's not the same quarterback he was even week one, let alone two and three years ago. It's hard for me to understand why people can't see him improving. They find all reasons to point the finger to say he's the reason. And we're sitting here with a a winning record. Uh, He he hasn't had a starting lineup in both of his good, both of his number two uh, receivers in this lineup since no no time this this season so far. He hasn't had Traquan, Michael Thomas, and, you know, just starters on the field. And yet he's somewhat producing. I don't care who the quarterback was of this team. I don't care who it is. You can have Pat Mahomes. It's not going to make life that much better for you. Sure, yeah. Pat can throw better ball. Sure, Pat, you know, has a stronger arm. He's more accurate, whatever you want to say. But it's still a lack of. We see all of the issues he's having in um, Kansas City right now. And it's not all just defense. But James yeah. Winston is steady. He's steady improving. And I would like to see if we had a Emmanuel Sanders to, to pair with a Michael Thomas, uh, what difference would that really make for him this season? 
Yeah, and we're definitely going to talk about some options that may be out there um, receiver-wise, too, with the, the trade deadline coming up. But, yeah, man, like like you say, it doesn't matter who. And, and okay, so I guess another option as to why the Jameis hate is still there is maybe no matter who the quarterback was going to be, it was going to be hate after having Drew Brees for that long of a period of time. But Drew Brees ain't walking back through that door, and most likely a quarterback of that caliber isn't. Uh, probably not this year, probably not in the near future. So got to let that go. Got to, got to, yeah, you got to let that go. Like right, right now it is a, it is a talent at the quarterback issue. It's a talent around the quarterback issue when it comes to our receivers. And don't forget, even when Drew was there his last couple years, right? It was still hard to move the ball at times. It, I mean, nothing went past 20 yards. It didn't make sense having a speed receiver on the field because he was going to be useless. Uh, so we saw some of these same things with Drew Brees, but I don't think you would you would get better audibles, more accurate balls, things of that nature with yeah. Drew Brees. But in, in in a nutshell, the offense wouldn't be explosive, even if we it, had Drew Brees. It wouldn't be explosive. I guess the argument is Drew Brees is capable of making receivers look better than what they are, which Jameis isn't. Uh, and that and that would be the only difference. And yeah. honestly, I'm glad that Jameis isn't out here trying to force balls into exactly. a Callaway or to a Kenny Steele exactly. or Troutman, who has been a huge letdown from oh, <laughs> from where people, some people had him going into this season. Just, yeah, man, they had him projected to be, what, top 10 tight end in football this year, man? Like, yeah, they, they had some yards and all yeah. this. Yeah. They had some high, some, some high hopes for Troutman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just... Okay, we could actually dive into the game of this now. So just looking at the game, uh, once again, 10-13, it was raining most of the game. Uh, we got some key players back. Armstead, McCoy finally, finally for a moment, had a healthy uh, offensive line that the age of Pete went out. Um, but got David Port back, uh, mm-hmm. got Traquan Smith back. We've talked about Traquan Smith and his issues with his first game back on the field, which some of it is expected. Uh, some of it is inexcusable, like him pulling up on that route early. Um, and then, of course, the drops. Like I said, this is the first time. This is the first time a man that played football all year. So you know, some of that's going to happen. Um, but what was your overall takeaway from the game outside of that defense just being so dominant? So I'll start with the guys you named, Davenport. We talked prior to the game starting, and uh, you know, we both said. It, 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 I'm not looking at sacks, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm the Saints fan that can care less how many sacks Cam Jordan finished with, how many sacks Davenport finished with. Can they make the quarterback throw the ball earlier than what they truly want to? If they can do that, I will accept it. Davenport done that all night. He was phenomenal. We finally got a, a, a chance to see Cam Jordan record his first sack of the year. I don't necessarily know what this means, but I love to do it when he gets a sack. <laughs> Uh, I call it uh, sack him and rack him. Uh, that was fun to see him get his first sack. The defense played great. Uh, but I think it, you know, like those guys you name, you know, having those those starters back on the O-line um, with uh, the left tackle, Armstead, we got the center back, McCoy, and, and like you spoke on, Andrews Pete went out. Uh, it made the world of a difference because James Winston had time to go through his progressions. Uh, he wasn't necessarily uh, pressured uh, during that game Monday night. 
Uh, yeah. He, you know, scan through his progressions, get rid of the ball, take some check downs. And if all fails, we saw Jameis Winston get out of the pocket and make some plays with his uh, with his legs. So uh, I think that's that's that was the game. We were able to move the ball a little bit uh, better than what they could have. And, and man, it really it really just comes down to defense, um, like starting with uh, DK Metcalf and Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore let, let Metcalf get him out of his character for a little bit early on uh, throughout that game. But even then still, like he had that one yard, that one catch for 84 yards in that touchdown early and still didn't cross 100 yards this game. Um, so that's that. Once again, we looking at somebody who's a top five corner in this game is being and is being paid as it for for reasons like that. Um the Davenport thing, me and you look at that a little differently because so Cam Jordan's going to get the pressure on the quarterback. I know we talked on the phone before the game, and I was like, man, I didn't realize that he was top five in quarterback pressure still at his position. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's going to get the pressure. So I need whoever's opposite of him to get sacks because mm-hmm. he's getting the pressure on the other side. So in that instance, I do look at um, – I do look at uh, sacks uh, when it comes to who's ever on the opposite side of Cam Jordan. Now, when it comes to Cam Jordan, everybody been getting on him all year about where's the sacks, where's the sacks, similar to last year. Um, but look, man, he's and we said it all year last year about Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson wouldn't be getting these sacks if it wasn't in part for what uh, what Absolutely. Jordan's doing on the opposite side of that uh, of the line. Absolutely. So, I just need whoever's on the opposite side of Cam Jordan to be able to capitalize on what he's, you know, what he's allowing them to. Um, Penalty. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. The personal fouls were. That was crazy. Were, yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, what's the one that killed me? The the. I think they ended up saying that they didn't call it roughing the passer. They ended up calling it something else. Uh, I want to say it was on Davenport where he got to Gino a little late, mm-hmm. um, but they, I think they said it wasn't rough in the past. I think they said he made some helmet-to-helmet contact before getting there, um, and that one was iffy, but, man, there was, what, set, I think like seven total personal fouls during mm-hmm. that game? Yeah, that was that was insane, and, and all I can think every time I saw Marshawn Lattimore and Metcalf go at it is, man, come on, bro, you got Mike Evans next week, and we know how that's going to go. Like, <laughs> like, if you think this week bad, him and Mike Evans bound to fight every, every time they, they step on the field together. Right. Um. But, yeah, man, Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, Demario Davis, especially down the stretch, man, that dude uh, has been – Took over the game, bro. That dude has been so special for New Orleans. He's somebody else who doesn't get enough credit. Like, he's one of the best linebackers in this league, and he, no one talks about him. Well, he's starting to get his love at that position. Like, when they mention the better linebackers in yeah. football, they do mention him now. But I think because we watch him every single Sunday, and, I mean, you got your Darius Leonard's out there, your Fred Warners. Mm-hmm. Um, he's right up there with Bob them Wagner. You know, yeah. you got those guys in the league, but Demario De- Davis just – he just moves different, you know, like he really moves different. If you need him to go get the quarterback, he can go get the quarterback. If you need to put him in coverage, he can cover. If you want to line him on up on a tight end, we don't do it a whole lot. But yeah. he don't get abused when when, yeah. when he uses man coverage. Uh, but he's just a he's just a stellar player, man. Yeah, so him him and Kamara really, really, you know, led us to that to that victory, to that ugly victory where 
we needed it. Like we that wasn't a game we we could afford to lose at this point, mm-hmm. uh, especially going into a battle with Tampa Bay in this uh, upcoming week. Um, Throckmorton, I did want to bring him up. That dude has been real solid. Like that dude has been real Thank solid for, being, for us. Thank you for being able to pronounce his name. <laughs> <clears throat> that dude has been real solid for us in a situation where we've absolutely needed him. Uh, mm-hmm. Being able to take over uh, for McCoy, and then, of course, Pete goes out. Pete look like he's going to be done for the year, uh, so that's going to be his position for the rest of the year. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and look forward and say this offseason may be where we're able to get rid of Pete. Now that, like, if Throckmorton keeps performing how he's been performing, you m- you're going to be tight for money regardless, so it might be time to go ahead and move on from Pete <clears throat> after yeah, this one. a whole lot of money, though. That's why you get rid of Pete. <laughs> like, you go, you're going to take a hit no matter who you get rid of this offseason. It don't, it really don't matter. Like, there's no, there's nobody you getting rid of that's going to free up a lot of money without you taking a big hit for it. So, and if I, you... I'm not even a fan of Pete, but I'm a less fan of shipping a player and then owing him a lot of money. Like You're going to do that regardless. No matter who you let go of, because we're going to have to free up money. So no matter who we let go of, we're going to be owing them while letting them go. Yeah, but who do you move on from at this at this point? I really don't see us doing it. If if it was a player, to me, it would be Michael Thomas that you can possibly move on from. Uh, I don't think you mess with your old line in this situation. Uh, I'm And, you know, I'm not even a fan like, of Andrew. Like I say, I think you do a Throckmorton keeps performing as he is. I think the thing about Pete, because I've always said it, if Pete is the worst link of your, your offensive line, then I'm okay with you paying him that. Let him be that. Because well, the rest about, of your old line has been so... Red, we didn't got into this argument before. Let's not do it today. I'm just stating for the audience. I'm just reminding the audience my stance on it. I got you. And if I Pete, just... If Pete is the weakest leak of your old line, you good. Like yeah. that's how we've always seen it. Yeah. And that's my reason for looking at it and being like, okay, I understand why you giving him the money, because if that's your weakest link, then you fine. Yeah. But if but if Throckmorton can give you the same, and this dude is what? I want to say he's an undrafted free agent. I don't yeah. even think he was drafted. 23 years old or yeah. something. Yeah. So if you can replace him with that, hey, let's do so. You know, especially with like you say, the money that he's being owed. I would have liked to do that with Clemente or either um, mm-hmm. even Larry Larry Wolford, even though he got exposed in that playoff game. I yeah, rather... and I was about to say, but I think Throckmorton with the age is a big thing too. But I think so far he's performed even better than those guys were. Um, with what five six games now that he's been playing. But uh, yeah, so oh, what what you got? I was like, we'll see how it go, how it plays out. Yeah. Um, so what other games just around the league really caught your eye uh, this past weekend? Man, Tennessee versus KC. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I enjoy watching KC losing. I, I don't know why, bro. Like, I just feel like, you know, they, they got all that talent on the offensive side of the ball and they, they mm-hmm. have ignored the defensive side for so long because they get away with murder. And it, it's like, you know, it, the NFL, I don't want to say has caught up to them. But some years, we've seen in football, sometimes it's just that team's year. Yeah. Yeah, the Eagles won. It was their year. Like, everything went right for them, right? You know, um, I can't think of a, uh, another team that, that had it like that, where everything would just kind of line up and, and boom, boom, boom. But Kansas City, hell, the year that they won, right? They came back from double digits lead in every game they were in, even in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Texas had them down 21 nothing. Whoever else they played, I forgot next, had them down 14 nothing, And then they were down 20 to 10 in the Super Bowl. And every every game they come back and win it. But now I just think that the defense is, is so bad that, you know, they are just sitting ducks out there. And uh, it was fun to see the Titans beat them. Like you said, the defense has been bad. Like that defense has been bad for a long time. And <laughs> they've been able to they've been able to get away with it because of how prolific their offense has been. I don't think their offense is any different now than what it's been. The difference is they luck has run out. Mm-hmm. And turnovers are starting. They've been playing this. They've been able to have this prolific offense without turnovers. Mm-hmm. And now the turnovers have starting to creep into their offense. And that's that's really stalled them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously don't know how to react to that. They, that's new for them. Um, yeah. so, but Tennessee is definitely on a, on a roll now. They they've like I say, they, they're slowly going to be able to open up their passing game, especially as A.J. Brown and Julio get closer to being fully healthy. But once again, as long as you running whatever you're running off the back of Derrick Henry, they're they going to be fine. And that defense has played so much better, bro. Like, I, I remember week one when they got beat down by Arizona. And we was like, man, we forgot they got rid of their whole secondary. Yeah. Sunday, they was out there with a guy that they called up from the practice squad. I think it was his first NFL game. Mm-hmm. And didn't matter. They mm-hmm. they plugged them in and and didn't give up nothing. So yeah. Tennessee definitely has something of uh, that man. That's what a top three team in the AFC right now. Mm-hmm. At least it might be top two. Um, I did wanna <laughs> I did wanna shout out Jamar Chase because that dude is amazing, bro. Like I don't I I I can't even think of the last player I saw that. In his first seven games, I was like, oh, that dude's going to be a problem for a long time. Uh, maybe maybe Odell, when he, Odell. his first season, maybe. I think uh, Hopkins got off to a great start, too, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I can't even remember, but that dude's on fire right now. That Cincinnati team is on fire, which. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's hard to disagree with it, but I still disagree with them taking Jamar Chase over mm-hmm. Sewell in the draft. Mm-hmm. It's hard to argue with it because of how it's playing out so far, but I still think they would have benefited more from uh, having Sewell. But, man, in two drafts, they didn't fix their issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it seems like, you know. Yeah. And then, of course, the addition of players like Trey Hendrickson, who was still playing as well as he was last year. That um, tackle they have, too. I can't think of his name right now, but boy's playing out of his mind, too. Thank you, number nine. They did bring over a new uh, D tackle. Was it uh, was it Anajobi from Cleveland? Is that who they got? They got him, but they got somebody else too. They got somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I can't think of who it is right now. But yeah, that's that's a team that's hey. Once again, in the we talk about the NFC West all the time. We talk about the AFC North all the time. And for them to get that win over Baltimore, um, that's that's huge for them early in the season. Yep. Um. What else we got? Destroyed Marlon Humphreys, bro. Yeah, no business doing Marlon Humphreys like that. The only other game that really caught my eye was that Colts 49ers game. Um, yeah, that was another rainy, ugly game. Um, like I say, bro, I, I definitely think that Jimmy G is their better option right now for the rest of the season. Um, but man, they got too many weapons to not 
to not be as effective as they should be. And I know me and you talked about it off the air uh, last, maybe earlier this week, about their run game and how they needed to be, you know, so prolific and, and so effective. And Elijah Mitchell had over 100 yards, but the only receiver who caught more than, what, two balls, three balls, is Debo Samuel. He the only, he the only receiver that caught more than three balls. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, it was a rainy day, but... <clears throat> But Carson Wentz ain't had no issues. So there, there's something like, the. I mean, he was able to pass the ball pretty well. Um, so that was shocking. And once again, we're talking about the NFC West where every week, you know, you're falling, you're falling behind because you got Arizona who hasn't lost yet. And the Rams have, what, one loss to this point, I want to say. Um, but, yeah, those were the – the things I wanted to, you know, talk about about this past week. That that Green Bay Washington game was kind of weird too. It was. But it was <laughs> oh man, and Washington they beat themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So the one thing I did want to talk about after the, you know, the games or whatever is <clears throat> the trade deadline coming up. And once again, we already pointed out that the Saints need a wide receiver. Um, was it yesterday or was it today? I think it was yesterday. Willie Sneed got released from Baltimore. He asked for his release uh, and got released from Baltimore. And I can see them trying to make a play on him, but that's not that's not the receiver we need right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people throwing out Brandon Cooks, getting him from Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I've With seen still. Teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen people um, bring up like a, a Christian Kirk from mm-hmm. uh, from Arizona teams nice. that's that's already uh, stacked at receiver. Um, Brandon Cooks to me seems the most realistic option if they're going to actually be able to go in and get a, a good wide receiver from a team because mm-hmm. once again Houston at this point just wants draft capital um, mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah, so. Brandon Cooks, I would definitely welcome back, and he would definitely fit what we need if you have a healthy Michael Thomas and Callaway out there to be able to throw him in that mix. And Brandon Cooks has quietly had a good season, even in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, but being in Houston, of course, is what's working against him right now. Um, so, yeah, I did, I did want to bring that up. Uh, any other guys that you think of that you would – that you think could realistically get brought into their receiver room? Yeah, um, Oakland, um, you know, they have, uh, what is Zay Jones over there? I kind of heard a little speculation mm-hmm. about him. You know, they kind of got Hunter uh, Renfro as well. Yeah. Um, I heard the Christian Kirk, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, it just don't make, if I'm Arizona, I'm not losing nothing uh, on the offensive side of the ball as of right now. You know, the way we roll and it, it just wouldn't make sense to me. Um, Robbie Anderson, Carolina, uh, he's on the last year of his contract. Uh, Carolina has already paid him everything that he's owed. So to know that they can move on from him, uh, and get a, a draft pick, uh, you know, out of the situation, um, to me, that's, that's fair for both teams. There's a lot of receivers out there. Of course, Brandon Cooks, by all means, you mean to tell me we get a true number one and a guy who's fast all into one receiver? Absolutely, we want that in New Orleans, right? So there's a lot of guys out there that uh, that I can kind of see us making a move for. Um, yeah. To me, it's more of how much is New Orleans willing to pay. Of course, you know, you know that that's what it's going to come down to. It are we talking a second and third, or are we talking? Do you you want to stay safe and give up a fourth? 
That's what it's going to come down to, to me. I don't have any sense that New Orleans isn't, <clears throat> isn't serious about still contending at mm. this point. So I, I would, and we have all these extra uh, picks coming in. Um, what, I always struggle with the word compens- com- compensatory picks. We have mm-hmm. a lot of those for this next draft. So I don't, I don't think they'd be stingy if they can get what it is that they want, whether that be a Brandon Cooks or, well, you know, whatever the case may be. I think, especially being that man, we we sitting here, we we're worried about the secondary, we we're worried about the receivers, we we're worried about the D line, we we're worried about all this stuff coming into the season. And sitting where we are right now, the only thing we worried about is wide receiver. Well, my my biggest thing would be. Uh, like I mentioned, how high do you want to go up? Because I'm looking at it from the next year standpoint, too. I think if Jameis Winston continue to perform the way he's performing, I think by default, you have to bring him back next year, right? You need a quarterback anyway. Who says that we're going to use that first or second round pick on a QB if you have one in-house who you feel like you can win with? So just by simply doing that and keeping Jameis Winston another year or two years, with however you feel fit, uh, that's a pick. That because if he walks right, if he if he's out the door, then you definitely mm-hmm. have to draft. You have to address the quarterback position. We don't have the money to get one of those good quarterbacks. Um, to me, we don't. We'll just be. I was about to say. I think. Right. I think they make the money if they can get. Yeah, and you, you will, know, but but, uh, but I'm saying you'll be right back in the hole. You have a great quarterback. Yeah. With, with no receiving, with no receiving core again. Well, that's where your draft cap. That's where you adrift in the draft. Then, like, like I don't. There's nothing in me that believes the Saints are going into this offseason with the mindset of drafting a quarterback. Like you yeah, say, they either yeah, they either roll with Jameis Winston or they they take, you know, they try to see what Aaron Rodgers is, is looking at or, you know, they, but I don't think we we roll into next season with a rookie quarterback. Um, so then if you whether it's Jameis Winston or whether it's Aaron Rodgers or whoever the case may be. You, you're if you don't address your wide receiver situation now, next year you, you're drafting them. You have to. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily saying we stroll out opening day with a rookie quarterback, but what I'm saying is if there's one that they like, I can see them taking one in the first or second round. Oh yeah, still, I don't see it. I, yeah, I think third still, round is still that spot for them. If they can get right. the quarterback that they looking like in the at, looking at in the third round, they take them. I don't see them using a first or a second on them. Yeah, to me, you kind of you kind of banking on a little bit of luck there uh when you take a third round quarterback obviously to be the franchise quarterback to me that yeah. never happens you know yeah take of course so i guess what i'm saying is if, if you're not confident in Jameis or he goes elsewhere you don't bring in russell wilson you don't bring in evan Rodgers. Oh, well yeah well yeah well then yeah. you have no choice yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it's but, just hard for me to see that somebody's going to Coach Jameis away. I think if we want if we want Jameis to stay and be our quarterback next year, he he's going to stick around. Yeah, and, and um, like I said, if he continues to play how he's playing, if we see nothing more, nothing less, I feel comfortable signing him for a two year deal. Uh, yeah, Orleans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the only other name that's that I've seen so far that's worth mentioning uh, around the trade deadline is just watching what happens with Deshaun Watson. Uh, but it seems like it's Miami or nothing at this point. Uh, last I saw, Miami was the only team that at this moment he'd waive his trade clause for. Um, I also even saw that they had a deal in place, but they were just waiting to see. They wanted to know what Roger Goodell was actually going to do, if he was going to get suspended or if he was going to end up on the commissioner's list. 
and Roger Goodell has come out and say he's not going on the commissioner's list because as of now, there's nothing. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly the words he said, but I it, it's basically because it's all accusations and no criminal charges being brought against him right now. He doesn't fit the criteria to go on the commissioner's list. So it mm -hmm. sounds like if he gets traded to Miami right now, he'll be able to play for Miami right now. And I think a lot of people forget that the only reason why he's not playing is because that's the Houston Texans mm -hmm. choice that yep. he, he doesn't play. And I think that, you know, a lot of people kind of feel like he's in trouble or whatever the case is, but he's not. He's not playing because they choose not to, pay him, yeah. to play him. However, he is still currently getting paid. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely one to watch. Miami is the place I wanted him to go when he first uh, made it known that he wanted to be traded. I still think that quarterback is really where they're it, – it, quarterback will change everything for them right now in Miami. And uh, he's definitely the quarterback to, to, to bank on if, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, so let's get to week – what are we in now? Week eight? This yeah. week eight? Man, already we get <laughs> So, of course, we're going to start where we always start, which is New Orleans. Oh, man. Halloween. We got Tampa Bay coming into New Orleans on Halloween. They are, what, five-and-a-half point favorites. Um, they're getting – I guess they're not getting kind of healthy. I saw Antonio uh, Brown report earlier, but they saying he's still looking like week 10-ish. Oh, wow. um, I thought he was playing in this game. Nah, uh, the report I saw earlier was they looking at him to be ready about week 10. Mm. Um, of course, you have Mike Evans and Godwin to still be worried about. Gronk is another one that they say is still going to be a while before he gets back uh, after they bye week, I think, is what they said. Um, so, man, you, got they, you have their high-powered offense coming into play, one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, once again, division matchups, so we already know how those go. Um, the Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore, we already know how that go. One of them probably won't see the end of the game, probably get tossed before it's all over with. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Um, <clears throat> I think New Orleans have a, have a puncher's chance in this game, but ultimately I have to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning. Uh, right now they're just a little bit more healthier than what we are. Um, even if, if Antonio Brown played, I would definitely – say that you know yeah. there's no way possible i can see us beating them but um even with with him still being out they still have other receivers in johnson and uh scotty miller who can step in and somewhat scotty miller up. that's another one that's hurt yep got him oh yeah hurt Scott, yeah scotty miller he, he's <clears> yeah weeks now or something like that yeah, yeah yeah and uh you know they still have guys who they who we really don't see a lot of in your oj howards your cameron breaks things of that mm -hmm. nature but uh, I still would have to go with, with Tampa Bay to win this game. And I, I'm also going to take them to cover a 5.5 spread. Um, I, I just don't see how we can effectively move the ball well enough to make it a game. Unless Tampa Bay is, like, shooting themselves in the foot offensively. Tom's yeah. off. Or we're getting crazy pressure, forcing him to throw the ball earlier than what he truly wants to. I just can't see how we can keep it that close all game long like we have done with other teams. Uh, I say – sometimes I say that and we find a way to do it. Yeah. You know, because this defense is just so great. I just think Tom Brady is the guy you just don't want to give second chances to, you know, constantly, right? Uh, they had success against us in the playoffs um, 
on the offensive side of the ball. We had the numbers during the regular season. Uh, so coming into this game, you know, we're a little bit more familiar with each other. Um, and I think that they're going to use a, a variety of guys to spread the ball around. I can see Leonard Fournette catching a couple balls out the backfield. Uh, I think this is not going to be such a quiet day for Mike. And by that, he's not going. I don't think he go crazy. But if you tell yeah. him he has three to five catches, I see it. But the matchup that I'm watching all day long, if I'm Tampa Bay, is uh, Paulson Adebo or either Bradley Roby, whoever New Orleans decide to put on Godwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. If I'm Tampa, I'm putting Godwin in the slot. Damn near every time we play man, which we play a lot of man, but I will move him to the slot just to help him out a little bit more. Um, but I, long as Tampa Bay stay ahead of the chains, I think that they they cover that five point five. So I'm going to take New Orleans. I thought hard about this. I was going to take the Bucks. I was going to roll with you on this one. Um, the home field advantage is something that's real in the NFL, mm-hmm. and it being Halloween, like that's city different, man. You know, like, yeah. like you know. So I, that that's going to play a part. That defense, I think, I think Bradley Roby has now came in and taken over that second corner spot, like we thought he would. Uh, he got a Adebo played great too. Uh, Adebo, Adebo did, he did, but Bradley Roby seemed to have have gotten a little more, uh, a little more play than he did this past mm-hmm. week. Uh, and if 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 he's getting into the good graces at all, I would figure that he'd be he'd get that Godwin matchup uh, going into this one, and I like that a lot better than I do a Debo uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, I think Cam Jordan will be able to still get pressure. I think uh, Davenport is going to be able to benefit off of having Cam Jordan on the other side of the line, but more mm-hmm. importantly, of Yamada being back. Um, mm-hmm. All the reports I'm hearing is he's been going crazy these past six weeks uh, with his conditioning and and being able to be uh, football ready when he got back on the field. He's been really looking forward to this. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, we know just like Tampa Bay, y'all not going to just run the football on us. Like like there's going to be very few successful runs between these two teams come Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this is the secondary you take shots against. If there's one that you that you're good and comfortable with taking shots against, this is probably it. Um, so I think Jameis Winston gets a green light to try to fit these balls into places um, that he's been talked out of doing so, or two players in in a, in a way to where you're trying to get Callaway those targets. Uh, you're trying to see what matchups you can get Camaro on out of the backfield. Um, I don't think the over-under is 50. I, I'm taking the way under on this game. Uh, I could definitely see this being a 2017 game, a 21-24 game, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to say by a late field goal, we end up winning that game. It's going to be a game of momentum, I think. And being a home team, momentum usually is able to swing on your side. Um, but I do think Tampa, I don't think you see the Tampa's offense that you've seen these past two weeks not going up against his defense. And uh, I think the Saints find a way to to move the football down the field enough times to, to be in a position to actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. And like yourself, I have it a, a low-scoring game. I actually have it well under um... 50. 50. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I see it being 20 to 10. Uh, I'm taking 10 yeah. to 20 to 10 in this game. Got you. Could absolutely see that. 
Um, the game, I, I, I didn't even sing you this one because I changed my mind at the last minute, but the game that I've become uh, real interested in is the Packers-Cardinals uh, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say that line opened at like two. Mm-hmm. I want to say Devontae Adams went out. It went up to like four. Uh, and then Lazard went down. So right now we're sitting at six and a half. The mm-hmm. Cardinals are favorites uh, by six and a half. No Devontae Adams, no Lazard, no defensive coordinator for Green Bay. All of them stay at home. Uh, J.J. Watt won't play for the Cardinals, but they do get Chandler Jones back this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to be hard, in my opinion, for Green Bay to slow down. Before you start, what's up with J.J. Watt? I think they said I, I don't. I, it's not. It's not anything serious. I'm going to look it up and find it for you. It's not anything serious. Uh, I, I guess it's just man. It's a short week. We don't want to. It's a shoulder injury. It's a shoulder injury. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think it's more cautionary than anything else, especially since they got Chandler Jones back. Um. But yeah, I I found it hard to believe that Green Bay was going to be able to keep up with the Arizona offense in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that you take away uh, Devontae Adams and Lazard, uh, that means Green Bay is probably going to turn to their running backs uh, a good bit, uh, A.J. Dillon and, and um, Aaron Jones. Because, um, what I mean, Randall Cobb is going to see a lot of targets, but they're going to be a lot of 5- to 10-yard targets with uh, Arizona playing good defense and, and coverage in those situations. Um that Green Bay defense is is a solid defense, but this Arizona offense is, man, what we've seen this year. This Arizona offense is hard to is hard to maintain, no matter who you are. The amount of weapons they got, and they're adding Zach Ertz, which was such a a brilliant move by them, man. That 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 was a great pickup for them. Um, I, I hey, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, but I I don't think he gonna I don't think he gonna stay within the touchdown of this team tomorrow night. What you got? Uh, I see it the same way, especially on the short week. Um, I, I don't see how he can match Kyler Murray point for point. Uh, of course, if you're Green Bay, you come in saying not only do we have to use our running backs a little bit more, we have to run the ball a little bit better, which mm-hmm. Green Bay has been able to do these last couple of weeks, uh, has, has you know run the ball a little bit better than what they have been. Uh, but can you run it so good that you um, – keep track of the ball and you control the clock all night long and keep Kyler Murray off. I, I think the answer is no. I don't see how this Green Bay defense can possibly even slow down Kyler Murray in this, this high-power offense. Um, I, I feel comfortable saying that I would take Arizona to, to win this game by 10 to 13 points. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just real quick, just because it's just popping up on me, I see Ken Crawley tested for uh tested positive for covid oh wow um him and little jordan humphrey they both tested positive for covid so we won't be seeing either one of them this week uh most likely um it will be interesting to see i forgot about Taysom hill and deontay harris it'll be interesting to see if we get those two back um this week um so the next game we're gonna look at is um, the Bengals minus ten and a half against the Jets. Mm-hmm. How you see that one? <laughs> what uh, what is going to be? I think Mike White is his name. He's going to be quarterbacking for the Jets Sunday. Mike White. So yeah. yeah. Um, 
course, I'm, I'm taking the Bengals. Um, just a red-hot team, just coming off a couple big wins, uh, starting to get a, a quarterback-receiver uh, connection there where it's one is quickly becoming, you know, one of the better ones in the NFL already just just his mm-hmm. right here. Um, the Jets, I mean, it's hard to find anything positive about the New York Jets as of right now. I mean, from coaching to players to whatever. Um, then you're missing Zach Wilson, who was the the better quarterback of, of the group. I just don't see how they can keep it close with not only a, a, a good offense, but a defense that's very underrated as well. Yeah. Um, I see this one getting away very quickly. And, and I see it the same. I'd find it uh, just – Given what, how many weeks we in? We we say we in week eight. So given seven weeks of information on the Jets, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for me to say that they're gonna stay within ten points of anybody yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, yeah. But like you said, especially when the the potential and the hope was that Zach Wilson keeps improving, you don't even have Zach Wilson. So yeah. um, you you play with a quarterback who man, I I want to say he's a second or third year pro. I can't remember where they say the guy come from. I don't know. Uh, to be honest with they, you, they add Joe Flacco, but of course, that's a quick turnaround to try to ask him to go out there and play uh, for Sunday. So, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Usually, I try to stay away from spreads this big, or I take the, or I take the underdog. But nah, this this has to be a a 20 point victory for the Bengals. <laughs> uh, we got the Rams minus 14 against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor has been activated off IR, so his 21-day window has opened. I'm not sure if they going to put – I think they said he was going to practice today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to push for him to play Sunday or not, but I know the coach came out and said, look, Tyrod Taylor is our starting quarterback. If he's healthy, he's yeah. going to play. That makes a little difference. <laughs> um, and if he was to play this week, it would – it's a bad opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was anybody, else, well, not anybody else, but if it was a lot of other teams and he was coming back, I'd say, man, that's a that that makes a difference. That's that's a, a few points difference right there in the game. Um, but man, this we we talked about them earlier this show, man. They right up there with the Cardinals, the Rams. Uh, like I said, that was my Super Bowl pick. They playing like it right now. Cooper Cup looks like the best. Him and Jamar Chase look like the best wide receivers in the league right now. Uh, Matthew Stafford is looking exactly how we expected him to. They're still able to run the football. They're still dominant on defense with Aaron Donald in the middle and Jalen Ramsey in their secondary. Um, the Texans, outside of Brandon Cooks, uh, they don't have much to speak of. Their, their run game is pretty non-existent. Uh, Davis Mills has been okay. He's been what you expect a rookie quarterback taking in the third round to be. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just like that the Jets, like, uh, I know I took uh, Texas and underdogs a couple times early in the season and it paid out. But as, as, as the weeks went on, you're looking at it and you're saying, yeah, this team's just not good. This team can't. They definitely won't be able to keep up with the best teams in the league, mm-hmm. uh, which is what the Rams are. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really don't see this one much different than the Bengals and the Jets. Like, I, I feel like the Rams should definitely be able to beat them by 21 points. Yeah, I, I know when the when the season first started, I think the Texans what they opened up by shocking, I think the Browns. No, it wasn't. The, no, somebody, they, they they beat Jacksonville week one. Yeah, who they played? They played somebody pretty tough, I think, and and lost at the end. I don't um, know. It was one of the better teams. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't. I can't remember exactly. 
what he is. Yeah. I think Tyrod went out in that game, matter of fact. I think that was was it Cleveland? I think it was Cleveland if I'm not. It might have been Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, he had him on the ropes and he went out. But Tyrod Taylor is by far the best quarterback uh on that team. And I agree, if healthy, he should play. However, I'm not sure if he can keep it um even a 14 point close with arguably the team, best yeah. team in football. Um you got a monster like me and my boy Shabazz, we don't even call him Aaron Donald. We call him 99. Um, you got 99, and then you got Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, locking down whatever he decides to do that day. Matt Stafford ain't missing much, bro. <laughs> he ain't missing much in uh, in, in uh, Los Angeles. So um, just given all the weapons, and even if you want to get a- aggressive with, with Cooper Cup, you still got to worry about Robert Woods. So it's just a lot for a bad team to have to worry about. Um, I definitely see this being a 20-point victory for the Rams. Yeah, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson has come on as of late. Yeah. Still got to worry about Tyler Higby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's too much. <laughs> it's too much, especially and I know for we a don't team talk about even spe- something as small as special teams. We don't talk about special teams a lot, but yeah. you know, the Rams are one of the better special teams team in the, in, yeah. in the league. It's just better than the Texans twice in every department of football. Yep. Uh, so the last game we're going to hit on is the Cowboys being a two-and-a-half favorite against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. How you see that one playing out? That's that's a tough one right there. Um, the Vikings have been getting to the quarterback um, a lot this season on the defensive side of the ball, so much better than what they did last year. And it's, it was really unexpected. No one expected that. That Prescott to me is playing the best football out of all quarterbacks. I like that. What I see from Dak, um, I don't see how. Dang, that's a close one, man. Two and a half. You just don't know what Kirk Cousins you're gonna get. That's what it all comes down to. I'm a. I roll with the Vikings. I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I'm gonna trust my good. Um, the Cowboys have been overachieving on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we know what they can do offensively, but to be honest with you, man, the Vikings are pretty good offensively too when they when they when they choose to. A team that can beat you from the inside or the outside. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Uh, if Kirk Cousins get time, he should be pretty good against this this unit. Uh, we know that Dallas is going to score, but I think the Vikings can score as well. So. Um, a two-point cushion is not a whole lot, but um, I- I'm going to roll with the Vikings in this one. <clears throat> so the big thing for me in this one, of course, with the Vikings, not only is what what Kirk Cousins you're going to get from a week-to-week basis uh, something you got to think about, but also will Davin Cook make it through the game has seemed to be uh, 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 something that, that's been happening repeatedly this season. Mm-hmm. Um Dallas is second in the league against the rush uh, right now, and rushing yards allowed. Um, no, rushing yards a game, my bad. Dang, I didn't think they were that good. Yeah, rushing yards a game, they're second. Um, and Minnesota is right there eighth mm-hmm. in uh, in those regards. So, of course, they want to – both teams, honestly, at this point, want to come out and, and run the football and then see what they can get off of that. The Vikings probably more so than Dallas at this point. Um, 
is Dak Prescott going to be healthy? We saw him, you know, go down at the end of the last game, and they're saying he's, you know, going to, I think today or tomorrow, is going to really give it a try and practice a full go, and they were going to see how that played out. Um, if Dak Prescott is, is truly healthy or as close to 100% healthy as he can be at this time of year, uh, I don't think that it ends up being a close game. Um like you say, Minnesota's defense has been pretty successful at getting a good pass rush going. Um, but, man, the, the weapons that Dak Prescott has, and I know Michael Gallup is, they're talking about him being back for this Sunday as well, so you just adding on to that. Um, but the weapons he has to throw the football to, and then you have Zeke and Pollard in the backfield, um, that's a lot, man. And, you know, of course, I mean, right now they're first in points per game at 34. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they get 34, I, it's hard for me to see Minnesota get 34 as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, or or any or anything close to that. Um, if Minnesota is going to win this game, they have to play turnover-free football. They can't not once turn the football over because that's what's been – that's what's been bailing uh, Dallas's defense out because they're twenty, they're like twenty yeah. fifth in the league in, in yards <laughs> allowed, but mm-hmm. they've been able to force turnovers and to they played a lot of bend but don't break defense to so where they're forcing field goals instead of letting teams into the end zone. So if you give them uh, more chances with the football, if you're turning the football over, then that's going to sink you because of how high powered that offense is. Right. Um, I honestly think Dallas so far has played as one of the best teams in the league. I do agree with you that this defense has uh, overperformed. They're like they 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 are what they're showing that they are at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's going to come back down to to uh, what we expect eventually. Um, but I think, like I said, if, if Dak is healthy, then I can't see them not being able to put up points. Uh, sufficiently against that Vikings defense. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to see the Vikings match that. So okay. I'm definitely going to take Dallas in that one. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, but yeah, man, that, that is it uh, to cover for this week. We only one week in the basketball. I don't know how much you've watched. Um, I've watched a few games. Uh, I probably watched about six games, but four of them were Laker games. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Of course, that's how that go. But that's 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 picking up, and it's looking like it's going to be a more competitive uh, season than we've seen the past two years. So we'll we'll dive into that more as we go forward. Um, but man, week eight of football, we already we already hitting hitting right right uh right around the halfway mark. Yeah. Uh, and fortunately, our team is in a good position at four and two uh, thus far. So. This this week, this game against the Bucks is is a big one. Is it'll be great to be able to at least split with them, uh, yeah. and being and being at home is usually your best chance to get that one game. So hopefully we could pull that out. Hopefully we can get continue to get healthy and stay healthy. Uh, it was good to see everybody get back sun, sun uh, Monday night, but then losing Pete is just like well we just going or. Uh, Will Lutz. Will Lutz mm-hmm. is out for the season. He's not returning. So um, now we're looking at a, a rookie kicker for the rest of the year and, and hoping that he's better than what we've been having out there on the field. So yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot of state going forward. It should be another good week of football. 
Always good to get on here and talk to you, Reg, bruh. Uh, and until next week, man. Let's go. You boys not in my league. If you listen close, I'm coaching. Take keys to the boy. Hella dope without pushing a Blanco. Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about Lonzo. Every time I do it, do it the